0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us on the Rise Church podcast. We're a church in southeast Idaho on mission to help people take steps in relationship with Jesus. For more information, check us out at risechurchid.org. All right, enjoy the message. Want to continue in on our series as we're working through the gospel of Mark. We're going to read through the word of God together this morning. Someone say amen. 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 And we're going to work through... Gospel, and then we're going to get to some practicals, and we may talk about cars a little bit in there also. So, we're all excited for that. But we are in Mark chapter 12, in verse 28, and it says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them, Well, speaking of Jesus. This scribe asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribes said to him, you're right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and that there's no one besides him and to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much, uh, this is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, in the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how was he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly And in his teaching, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplace and have the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at the feasts who devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. This is the word of the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it's transformative. We thank you that it is inspired and errant and infallible, that you have breathed it out. You've given it to us for for reproof and correction and for the benefits of each of us, that you would equip us for every good work. We declare that this is your word. We declare that it is that transformative and it will transform us today. And so we enter into this time with a heart posture of receiving, God, we don't want to miss what you have for us. We stand in faith that you have a word specifically for me, specifically for each person under the sound of my voice, that you want to bring transformation to our lives in this moment. And so, Holy Spirit, would you teach, would you convict, would you help us to grow in Jesus' mighty name? Amen. 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 So here's the main point I've believed that the scripture is bringing us to. It's asking the question and answering the question of when we give our lives to Jesus, what did we actually just sign up for? I was in Seattle recently. Uh, here's, here's kind of the, the layout of this week. I think I flew there on Tuesday. I got in around five. It was... Beautiful Seattle, Seattle weather, which means that it was raining and cloudy, and that, that's what Seattle's like most of the time, um, except for the people from here who travel there. They're like, it's always sunny when I go to Seattle. Not for me. As, as I fly in, I fly in during rush hour, and so it takes me an hour and 15 minutes to drive to the hotel. Um, I get to the hotel. I uh, eat, I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning. I go to uh, a meeting. I get to serve on the district advisory team uh, for our district in Foursquare, which oversees like 280 some churches in, in our area. And so, uh, privileged to speak into our movement. And so, I was in meetings that day from nine to five. Went back to the hotel, ate some food, uh, went to sleep and then uh, drove through traffic again to get to the airplane and then flew back home. Uh, And then I had a little bit of rest and then drove to Jackson and then came back. So I've been traveling a lot this week, but here was the icing on the cake. When I got into Seattle and I get into the rental car station, this poor gal sitting there, was like starving. She was like emaciated. She's like, I haven't eaten in forever. And she's like, I'm waiting on, on this on this food, so I'm gonna help you while I'm trying to get these people to deliver this food. And so she's kind of going back and forth and I'm like, all right, patience. Okay, love. All right, all right, I got this. And I, I was it came out really, really well. It was it was really cool. But she did something for me that I was not expecting. Um, so she hands me the ticket for the car. I go down to receive the car. And do we have that picture, up, uh, Steph, of uh, the car that, that I got? So it was, it was a brand new Mustang. So I'm like, sweet. We're, we're talking like, All of these horses like fit into this engine. I have no idea how they even do that. And all the power of these horses, like they've fed these horses like some massive grains or something because they are giddy upping. I mean, you're sitting in this cockpit, like this car, and it's got like these, this seat that just like, when we read in the scriptures about like sitting in the palm of God or like sitting back in the, that's what it feels like. It's just like, oh, Okay, and then you've got just the shell around you. That's what it feels like. It feels like you are attached to like the the steering column and everything else like, and then you just got the shell around you and you start it up and it's like, and you just feel like, if I wasn't a man before this, like I'm a man now, like, it, it, like I, I am feeling this. Okay. And you, you hit the gas just a little bit and you're like, Ooh, there's a good rumble. Like that, that is the, when I think of like the angels coming in, like a rumble, like that, that V8 engine with all those horses giddy upping, like, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay, this is sweet. This is about to go down. I get to the, uh, to pull out and the, the gal uh, before they let you out is like, I just brought that car in. That's a really fast car. Can you handle that? (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am, can I handle that? We're going to have some fun, lady. And so I I pull out, and you know, it's in this parking garage area. So it's not like here where you just have a little parking lot and you can let loose. It's in a parking garage and you have to go around this little loop like 18 times. And so, you know, I'm going like the two miles an hour. I'm like getting used to the the steering. Okay. And I I get out and I get onto the freeway. I'm like, here we go. Except it was traffic. And so I'm like, you know, given as much distance between this, myself and the next car, and I'm like gunning it just, and you know, you feel like an angel's just kind of like lifting you up a little bit. You're not actually on the ground when you're in a car like this and you hit the gate, you're not actually on the ground. Like you, you're flying a little bit. And so I'm, I'm doing exactly, exactly this. And I, I, and it's raining. And so I I just feel like okay I can't really open this up all that I want once I get into the city maybe so I drive down to Tacoma I I'm from the Seattle area but I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Tacoma so I didn't know what I was expecting you know I'm thinking like Rigby Idaho Falls I've got some back roads we're gonna it's like this Tacoma's like this on this on this and and it's raining. And so I'm sitting like, all right, let's try this. And I'm like spinning. I didn't do that if anyone like legally is looking, but you know, <laughs> right. And so I'm, I'm on these hills and I'm like, ah. So there were a few times on the drive back where I got to open it up a little bit and, and, and feel those horsies uh, pur- purr just a little bit. But before I got to leave the facility you have this questionnaire that you've got to fill out and it's the fine print. Have you guys ever read the fine print actually know what you're signing in a rental car agreement? Here's, here's what I found out as, as I read this and I was like flabbergasted. I'm like, what you are responsible for all damage to the vehicle, even if someone causes it or the cause is unknown. So if anything out of nowhere just happens to take place, you're responsible for that. I'm like, whoa, Okay, and you've got to cover that. Okay, I, I keep reading, because I, I never do this. But I'm reading the fine print here. It says, renter hereby grants and appoints Fox a limited power of attorney. <laughs> what? Like, I, I signed this. I just granted them a power of, ac- of, of attorney. Okay, vehicle may be equipped with OnStar or other tele- telematics systems. Therefore, your privacy cannot be guaranteed. <laughs> What? Here's the thing. Sometimes we don't know what we've signed up for. And I feel like in Christianity, sometimes when we have like this powerful moment, whether it's in church or or for me, it was on this, the floor of this jail cell crying out to God. And we have this encounter. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give my life to you. The question is, what did I just sign up for? What was the fine print that I just signed up for when I gave my life to Jesus? And I feel like what's taking place in this scripture is Jesus is helping answer that question. What did I just sign up for in my life for Jesus? What does it look like to be a Christian? How do we we understand that? And how do we walk it out? And so that's really where Jesus is going as we just kind of break down this scripture a little bit. We recognize we are in Holy Week, right? This final week of Jesus's life, we're continuing through. We see um, these different groups of people coming against Jesus, pointing out issues that uh, Jesus may may have. and, And they're saying, by what authority have you flipped over the tables? Right? By what authority are you driving people out? And Jesus says, uh, ask them a question. They can't answer the question. And so Jesus kind of leaves it as that. We've seen Jesus step on the toes of uh, people's political beliefs. Has that ever happened? If it hasn't, it probably should. We see Jesus step on the toes of people's religious beliefs. Has that ever happened? If it hasn't, it probably should. And we see them ask these questions, should we pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? How can there be a resurrection? And so all of these questions, they're trying to trap Jesus. And we get to the scripture today, and this is the last question that they asked Jesus. It actually says that after Jesus answers this question, no one would dare to even ask him any more of these questions. And so let's, let's break this down. It says, and one of the scribes, came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked which commandment is the most important of all. So these scribes, um, these are very learned people. Matthew would call these scribes lawyers. Today, we would think of lawyers being um, someone who is really into the law. They know the laws in and out. Well, the law during this time is God's law. And so these are people who have strategically um, uh, studied in depth the commandments of, of God. They're, they're the scholars of the word of God during, during this time. And during this time, there was this huge debate, debate about the commandments. We think about like, what are the greatest commandments? We think about the 10 commandments, which one's the, the best of all of those, Right. That's not actually what they're talking about. At this time there were 613 different commandments that they had brought together, 613. And just in case you needed like a breakdown, they they were fighting over which one is more important, which one do we really need to focus on? And there were 365 negative ones that they were voting on basically. And there were 248 positive ones. Which ones are heavy? Which ones are light? Which ones are more important? For us today, it might be like, so which one is more important in terms of understanding Revelation? Is it post trib? Is it pre trib? What about the rapture? Where does, where does that take place in it? Like, and if you don't believe this, you can't be Christian. It, 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 this is basically what they're doing. They're fighting over things that don't have the, the greatest value. And so Jesus answers them, here's, here's your answer. Here's what's most important out of all of your commandments. It's basically the summation of the 10 commandments, which were actually God's word. That's where we got to focus. It was actually God's, God's word. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is, is one. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And so loving God is our first priority. He talks about, he brings up this, this section of scripture again from a section that they would have studied really well in, in Deuteronomy. He's teaching them out of this Shema as, as young followers during this day, they would have recited these scriptures on a normal basis, at least twice a day. They would have said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. By the way, if you've heard this message taught, And, uh, people have broken down like how to specifically do that. It's kind of been a prominent teaching throughout Christianity in the past 30 years. Um, and how to, how to worship God with all of my strength. That means when I go and work out every pump that I do has got to be like, Lord, this is for your glory. This bicep is for your glory. This tricep is for your glory, right? Or, um, with all of your, your mind, that means we have to devote ourselves that's not actually what's taking place here. That's not actually what Jesus is referring to. We know that uh, in Hebrew, uh, these, it, it's, very, um, it's a language that really talks in, in pictures. So it's trying to get you to a point. It's not specifically meant for you to break down every single one of those. So what's the purpose? The purpose is you love God with everything you've got. Everything in your being. Every, everything. And so Jesus is answering this, this question, love God with everything you've got. And the second is this, is that you shall love your neighbor as as yourself. There's no other command greater than, than these. And as you would break down a lot of these um, other commandments that they would have, they would be talking about, how to keep God's justice towards other people. How do I love the people around me? How do I pay attention to, to everybody else? The widows, the orphans, the, the, uh, the less fortunate. How do I do that? And included in that was like, you know, don't reap your fields up until the, the very end. Leave, leave some of the extra fruit so people, fruit so people can glean the extra of, of what is there. Like have a mind for the people around you how do I live a life where I'm actually loving, loving people as we love ourselves? And that day, was, it was really easy to love themselves. I don't know if we have that same issue today. Like, I think some of us love ourselves a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Like, we wake up and we're like, hey, God's gift to humanity. I see you. I, I feel, and even if we're not like that outlandish and upfront with it, we've all got that thing in us where there's self-focus, where there's self-preservation. And the invitation is to get down to that level with everybody else. Recognize that I'm not the only son of God. That's Jesus. I'm not the only daughter of God. I've got brothers and sisters in Christ, and I've got people who need to know Jesus as, as Well, and so the focus was, we, we feed, we comfort, we protect, we provide, we treat people with the love, with the love of God. And the response from the scribe was simply, uh, re- the response of the scribe was like, wow, okay, yeah, you got this right, Jesus. Good, good work. Good work. And Jesus, from this point, takes it from bringing this teaching And now he's going to give some examples. I think when we look at sharing our faith with other people, I think it's important. important. It's so important. I love that. That came out just beautifully. It's so important for all of us that we would be able to point to some scriptures, that we would be able to say, like, this is in the word of God. This is where it says that God loves us so much. But then we can also point to some examples in our own life in our own testimony where God loves us so much. And, and Jesus goes to some places now where he's gonna talk about loving God and loving people. It says in verse 36, David himself in the Holy Spirit. So I just wanna pause there real quick. If you are one of those people who wonder if the Old Testament was inspired by the Holy Spirit and you're looking for a scripture, there's one of the answers for you right there. David, in the Holy Spirit, one of the greatest revelations that I've had in my life was opening up a book in Bible college uh, that was talking about finding the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and just breaking down where the Spirit of God was moving throughout the Old Testament. Because at that point in my walk with Jesus, I had just heard about Acts chapter two, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's when the Holy Spirit came to be. So we forget about that. He was hovering over the waters before anything was, was created right? This is, this is God. This is our triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there, there from the beginning. And so it says, David himself in the Holy Spirit declared, the Lord said to my Lord. And so David saying this, sit at my right hand until I put enemies under your feet. David himself, Jesus says, calls him Lord. So how is he the son? This brings about this whole concept is of who is the god that you worship because at this times the the scribes believed that the messiah would just come from the lineage of of david that he would just be this this person who is going to bring about all of this this victory this political victory and all of these other all of these other other things but jesus is putting a finger you're not actually understanding. This Messiah, this is the son of God. This is the reincarnate Jesus. He, he, he has come to earth from, from heaven. He has left his place. And so he, he's bringing about this, this concept of, you say love God, but how can you love God if you don't know who this God is? Y- you're missing the point. And I think sometimes we can miss the point too. Who is our God? It's important to know that. Who, who is our God? And as he communicated this, it says that the great throng heard him gladly. And then Jesus goes on to teach about loving, loving people. And in his teaching, he says, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes. I don't like long robes because I trip on them. Because <laughs> I'm height. Because my height. <laughs> okay. I thought that was kind of cute. Who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces, have the best seats in the synagogue and the places of honor at feasts. I kind of chuckled when I was reading this the first time because I was like, yeah, all those things sound good. And then it takes a turn. Who devour widows' houses for pretense and make long prayers. In other words, they're doing all of this for their own look. They're flaunting it. Look at all that is taking place in my life. And again, that comes to loving self and missing the concept of everyone around us. So Jesus is pointing out how the scribes are flaunting their spirituality and losing sight of loving people in the process. And so the question that I have for us this morning is, what did we sign up for when we signed the fine print by giving our lives to Jesus? What did we sign up for? We signed up for loving God, loving people, loving, loving God, and loving people. We have to recognize, <sighs> let, me, let me dive into this first. We'll, we'll get there. How do we fulfill this? How do we fulfill this quote unquote fine print that we've signed? We've, we've given our lives to Jesus. Now I'm exposing to you guys that this is what we signed up for, for loving God and loving people. What, is this, what does this look like? Number one, We must first receive God's love for us. We've got to recognize that we actually can't love other people in and of our own power. We have a concept of love. We throw around the whole idea of love, but we don't actually fully understand what true love is without understanding the love of God towards us first. Our concept of love without the understanding of God's love is just scratching the surface. How do I know this? 1 John four nineteen says, we love because he first loved us. So let's just grapple with this. What does it look like to love people, to love God, to respond to his love? What does it look like to love with the love of God? Let me call this. To Ephesians 2 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he had for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So we have to like put ourselves in this position. Where the creator God, before all things were created, has this infinite knowledge, a God who's outside of time, is able to see it all play out, before anything is created, knew that what he was going to create was going to turn his back time and time again on him. I love that song where it says, prone to wander. That's us, we're prone to wander. I think about the time and time and time again where God has saved me. He has loved me. He's done so many amazing things. And yet I turn my back and I run towards other things. And if we're truly honest, this is all of us. This is, this is what we do. This is what takes place in, in our lives. We lose sight of God, even if it's just for a moment, we lose sight of that. But God, even though knowing that we would do that, that humanity would be the very ones that would murder his one and only son, he still sent Jesus. He still expressed that love for for us. It's amazing. We've we've got to receive this love first though. So consider, consider that love that God has for us. We've got to be in this place of saying, all right, I acknowledge that love. And some of us, as we've give our li- given our lives to Jesus, we've, we've kind of skipped over that. We've missed focusing on what love God has for, for us. When I really, really get down to it, here's, here's the way that I do this practically, is I'll sit down and I'll actually think about this, where God before all of creation, and then I would think about him Foreseeing all of the ways that I've turned my back on him. I I just consider all of my sinful past, all of the things that I've I've done, the possibility of, of things that I may do in my future. And yet God's saying, I see you. I'm calling you, and I send my son for you, and I love you. Picture that for yourself. That's what God's saying towards you. I love you. In, in all of your brokenness, I saw all of that, and I, I still sent my son for you. There's nothing you can do to escape the love of God. He, he loves you so deeply. We've got to receive, receive this. It's interesting that Jesus said, after the scribe answered this, you're not far from the kingdom. Have you considered these words? You're not far from the kingdom. That means you can be brought up in church. You can go to church every single Sunday and the Wednesdays in between, even hit a Saturday night service. You can go to multiple churches, multiple weeks in a row for the entirety of your life and be close to the kingdom of God, but not be in it. You can be surrounded by religious folk and not be in the kingdom of God. You can pray, not be in the kingdom of God. Think about that. You're not far from the kingdom of God. That's, that's not what I want Jesus to say to me. Just so we're all clear. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You're in the kingdom of God. That's, that's what I want to hear. Not, you're not far. It takes surrender to Jesus. This is the only way to heaven. This is the only way to eternity, surrendering to Jesus. Jesus. We also must cultivate our love for God through personal relationship with him. You think about like, if someone says, what is, what does the love look like between you as a husband and wife? Like in your marriage, you're like, I I see her once a week. (laughs) I I talk to her every now and again. People going to believe that? Like, no, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with that. And yet we say that our our walk with Jesus is fine. And our relationship with Jesus is fine when we only show up to church on Sunday and don't talk to him in between. It's not a condemnation thing, y'all. It's an invitation. Like we're invited into personal relationship. How do we do this? How do we how do we enter in? I, I just want like. I will beat this drum every single day of my life. How do we enter into personal relationship with Jesus? How do we cultivate personal relationship with him? We spend time with him every single day. How do we do that? Through scripture. You can can read it. If you don't like reading, that's totally cool. There's a really cool app that you can play and it'll read it to you. It's almost like growing up, like in your mom reading, that's what happens in our house right now. We're reading, reading stories. It's almost like that. You can have the word of God read to you. And if that doesn't work for you, there are apps that actually put like hip hop beats behind it. It's called Streetlights. You can play that and it'll, it'll play hip hop beats behind the word of God being read to you. Maybe we need to get creative about the way that we get into the word of God. And that's fine, but we need to get into the word of God. And we ought to be in it on a normal basis because this is the foundation of, of our lives. Scripture, every day, prayer, just talking to God. We don't have to get all lofty with our words. I know that especially when our, we give our lives to Jesus and we're around more mature Christians, sometimes we hear like the pastor Nick's or the pastor Benz or whoever pray and there's like some big lofty words. It doesn't, that's not a part of prayer. In fact, Jesus is calling out the scribes for exactly this. Oh, Lord God, uh, all of these things, all of these huge words, and I'm looking incredible because of the way I'm praying. That's not what this has to look like. That's not what personal relationship with Jesus is like. It's just about being genuine. It's about being authentic. Be the way that God's created you to be. Utilize your past. If you're in a place where you use some uh, more choice words, Let's just talk to God, y'all. Let's get some of that religion out of it. Let's just be authentic with our our God, be ourselves with our God, allowing him to change us and mature us and grow us. But you've got to give yourself a right to grow. Sometimes we get stuck saying, well, I'm not like that. I'm not like these mature Christians. I, I, I didn't ask you to be. I'm asking you to be where you're at. Be where you're at and be with Jesus where you're at. Amen. Be in scripture every day. Be in prayer every day. Be in worship every day. Scripture, prayer, worship. Scripture, prayer, worship. What's that look like? I just want to sing to God. I just want to listen to worship music. I just want to take a pause from everything else and let, let Jesus come in into those, those areas of, of our life. Scripture, prayer, worship. We must cultivate our love for God through personal relationship with him. Worship team, would you guys make your way up here, please? Number three, we must show our love for God through loving others practically. When we're impacted by the love of God in that we've received it, we've sat on it, we're cultivating it, the next step is show that love to other people. What's that got to look like? Here's a really practical way that impacted me in my walk with Jesus. Pastor Ben, my mentor, always did this this one thing, at least in those years where I I got to walk with him. He always like would look for those sales on backpacks. He would go to Walmart, get a few water bottles, get a few granola bars. He would throw them in there. And then he'd, he'd just drive around on his normal route. He'd be led by the Lord. And he would look for people to bless. He would look for people who were in need. It's not like he was spending a fortune it's not like he was spending all of his, all of his time. He just set some side some some time aside to be available to God, to be utilized. He would see people and he would open his trunk, he would give them that, and just be like, hey, can I pray with you real quick? Can I bless you real quick? And he would do it. Just one practical way that that motivated me. What's something that God might be calling you to do in the way that we could love other people? We're getting into the holiday season one of the ways that I have felt so loved in my community is by my neighbors coming and knocking on my door, just being like, hey, I've got some cookies. Like most of the time I can't even eat them because I'm like doing the gluten-free thing. But still just someone being willing and having that thought and caring and, and showing that love. I'm like, oh, I have never been loved so well by a community in my life. As I do right now, just from people setting aside a little bit of time, knocking on my door and giving a gift that I can't even participate in. Maybe we might be able to do something like that. Show our love. Y'all, if I can do this, you can do this. Okay, I, I'm one of those people when I leave here, I'm like, people, you stay over there, chickens. I want to spend some time with you. If I can do this, you can do this. We just got to love, love people. Show that love that, uh, show the love that God has given to us. And finally, we must guard against the things that will rob our love for God. These, these distractions. For some of us, it might be that flaunting of putting off like, this is my, spiritual, my spirituality, check it out. This is, this is how I walk with the Lord. Everyone must look, look up to me. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's belongings. What are the distractions in our lives? Let's just take some of those things, lay them at the altar, give them to Jesus. Amen? Would you guys stand with me? Love God, love people, this is the fine print, if there is any fine print, but now it's not so small. Now I've made it big for all of us. Father God, I just, I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would help us embrace this in a new way. We've all, heard, we've all heard this message. We've heard loving God and loving people. Lord, but that doesn't mean that we don't have more to grow in it. So I'm just asking you now, Holy Spirit, show us, how to love you more. Show us how to receive that love in its totality, and its fullness. Show us how to express that love to other people. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this Rise Church podcast. If this was a blessing to you, there's a number of things that could do to help us continuing to minister to the world around us and getting that good news about Jesus Christ out. Could you like this podcast? Could you share this podcast? Could you quote this podcast? All of those would be a great blessing. If you would like to give financially to Rise Church to help us continue on this mission, please go to risechurchid.org. Be blessed, my friend.